Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. My text tonight is, how near is nearer? Paul said that we know it's time to wake up because our salvation is nearer than when we believe. So my question is, my text is, how near is nearer? Nearer. We're nearer than we were last year, and we're certainly nearer than we were 85 years ago. I have a dear friend down in Louisiana. His father was pastor of the church where we, it was our second revival when we started evangelizing in October 1959, and he was the one that really opened the door for me, quite frankly. Uh, once we got in Louisiana, you could just about stay there for almost ever and preach at so many churches. Yeah. But anyway, his father was so uh, such a friend, such a friend. In fact, he told me, Brother Walls, when, you, when I die, I want you to preach my funeral. We were in revival here uh, during that time when I got the message that he had died. So we, we just took off, Sister Walls and I, and left you in the good hands of the evangelists and had the honor to go down and preach Brother Hatton's funeral. But anyway, his son was just a teenager when we were there in 1959. And sometime later during that next year, I believe it was, we, Sister Walsh and I uh, went with him to catch a bus, him and his friend. They were headed out for boot camp, going to join the service. And so anyway, through the years, <clears throat> I have kept, in touch since his father died, especially I've kept in touch with Brother Allen Hatton. First time, long time, I've called him just about every month just to stay in touch. He's always excited. But anyway, in the last month, last few weeks, I'm the one that calls him. But anyway, I get a call from him a couple weeks ago maybe and said, Bishop, have you seen the news or something like that or read? Said they're putting chips in people's hands. He was so excited he could hardly hold himself. And then about a week ago, he called me again. Bishop, did you see? And finally, I told Brother Allen, I said, Brother, that's been going on for years. But anyway, I'm not making fun of him, but yet at the same time, things are happening, folks. Things are happening. But it was interesting to me to say, uh, Brother Hatton, Brother Allen, way down in Louisiana, they're probably 15 years behind us anyway, you know, down there. It's, but, but anyway, <laughs> I hope he's not watching tonight. 
But anyway, it, it, it was interesting, and it was interesting to talk to him. And it, and it was interesting to hear what he was saying because he's, he was stirred up. He was stirred up. But putting a, a chip in our hand, in, in a hand or a wrist, again, is something that's been going on for the last several years or a few years at least. But uh, things are happening. Again, we, we, there was a period of time when we were so excited and so much was going on. There were so many prof, prophets going around preaching prophecy and teaching the Lord's coming. And I remember one of those prophets, uh, he was supposedly were looking for the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, anyway, he said something about the next brush stroke, we might find it. Well, they wore out that brush if they're still brushing. But, uh, and of course, you remember our dear friend, I shouldn't call his name so I won't, but our dear friend that's been here a few times, preached for us, and he got all caught up with a red heifer. And, you know, he said there was a fellow in Mississippi claimed he had the red heifer. We've got to have a red heifer to finish everything in Israel. Anyway, this has been going on about the red. And remember, we had a preacher here. I won't call his name, but a uh, preacher here. Some, it's been, been several years ago now that he was preaching about he knew down in Louisiana there was a woman, I think it was a woman, that went to Walmart, and she paid for her goods by running her hand over the system there. You know. and, and he said, she's supposed to send me the information. I was sitting, well, I was sitting over there, but anyway, I told him, I said, maybe some of you will remember him. Let me know when you get it. <laughs> How long y'all been here now? It was, it was before that. <laughs> but sometimes we can become carried away. But the danger of that, I think one of the dangers of that is when, when it's something we think is going to happen doesn't happen, we have a tendency to back off. We have a tendency, well, it's not like that then. And so we have a tendency to grow um, careless. But I felt a pilgrim, the Lord is coming. And the events that are taking place are telling us we're coming. You know, they're having a congress congressional hearing right now in which they are revealing things that they've known for years and years and years. Been, uh, I think, 50 years since the last one was talked about is the UFOs that have been claimed to be seen and so on. So they're talking about it. I don't know about UFOs. I don't know if what they're told are telling her is real or not. I know the fellow out in California said that there was going to be a spaceship come by and catch them all and take them into heaven. And that never did happen. But I know according to this book, and that's what I'm going by, there's going to be a catching away. Not a spaceship. We don't have to go to Cape Canaveral. Is it called Kennedy? What is it called down there now? We don't have to go down there to take off. We don't have to get on board. We don't even have to have a shot. We don't have to have a PCR. We don't have to have anything like that. What we got to have is baptism in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost, living a godly life, and we're all going up together. I want to do some reading tonight. Bear with me because... 
I want to just share some things. I'm going to read a whole lot here, and I'll try to get through by it. Anyway, the Bible says in the Revelation chapter 8, let me pa read a passage of Scripture there and begin with the very first verse. When he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Yeah. Speaking about those things, I don't know about the UFOs. I have no real understanding about that. No vision, if you will, or no revelation. But I know that something is going to happen. I don't know if I want to be around. I don't plan to be around when that mark is taken at and whatever. I don't plan to be around when all these troubles happen. I happen to have an idea and a plan to be with the Lord when that takes place. But anyway, John said, I saw the seven angels which stood before God. To them were given seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. There was given unto him much incense that he should offer with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which is before the throne. The smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth. There were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. There followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt, was burnt up. All the green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded as it were a great mountain burning the fire was cast into the sea. These are things that John saw. He described them as mountains. He described them as trees and different things that, that were hurled upon this earth. That's all John knew in his day. In his day, there was no such thing as jet propulsion. There was no such thing as some kind of uh, bombs or whatever. Anyway, the second angel sounded. It was a great mountain burning with fire cast into the sea. The third part of the sea became blood. The third part of creatures which were in the sea had life died. The third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded. There fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it uh, fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star was called, is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. Many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. This is awesome. This is awesome. It's not a fairy tale. Amen. It is not a novel. Amen. And again, I said, John was describing what he saw in his day and compared to what he was seeing, of course, if you were writing it today, it certainly would be about mountains falling and stars falling because uh, some of those stars are bigger than we are. So, But anyway, 
The point is, this is speaking of the events that are going to take place during that time of judgment, that time of wrath that's going to come upon this old world. Uh, this, this world that's filled with chaos, confusion, sin, and ungodliness. One of these days, God is going to say, if I may say it that way, time's up. It's enough. We, I've endured it long enough. God's word is going to be fulfilled. These events that are going to happen, I don't mean to uh, disturb somebody's rest. But I do want to look at it and look at it in reality because it's something that's really going to happen. And because we know it's going to happen, we know the Lord is going to come back. We know the trumpet's going to sound and maybe very, very soon. So the point is we must be prepared. We're nearer, we're nearer, and I don't know how near we are to nearer, but we are nearer to the trumpet sound because of what we are seeing taking place all around us. John describes for us about that time when the Lord shall return after all of these events have happened. He's coming back, not for the church. We've already got the church. He's coming back to this earth one day to bring judgment upon it. He described it this way in Revelation 19, verses 11 through 15. And I saw heaven opened, behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes are as a flame of fire, and on his head there are many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Again, John's witnessing this. Again, when it's happened, it's going to happen, and uh, we're going to be involved in it. One of the exciting things, that's through verse 13. We'll pick up 14 next. One of the exciting things about this passage is the fact that, that we're going to be involved in it. The redeemed, because the Bible, John goes on to say in verse 14, listen, the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, that is, followed the Lord, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And he's told us back there in verse 7 or 8 or thereabout that this fine linen, clean and white, is righteousness of the saints. And out of his mouth, goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now, when you read this verse of scripture, when you read this passage of scripture, and the reference there to him treading the winepress, I didn't give you the uh, passage, but in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter sixty. Three, this is where Isaiah saw that, and he said, Who is this that comes from Eden? With Edom, with dyed garments from Basra, this that is glorious in his in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? I have trodden the winepress alone, and the people that uh, was, and of the people there was none with me. I will tread them in mine anger, trample them in my fury. Mm-hmm. I'd rather the world was mad at me all my lifetime as for the Lord to be mad at me one second. Amen. 
But anyway, here it's speaking about when he's going to come. He's coming a judgment. This will be after uh, the, the time of trouble, the end, if you will, of Daniel's 70th week. It will become, he will be coming because of Armageddon. He's coming to Armageddon because he's got some people out there that are called sons of Abraham, children of Abraham. And they're the ones that the old beast and his false prophet are focusing on to try to annihilate and destroy. Hitler tried to do it. And he couldn't do it. And various other powers have tried to destroy the Jewish nation, the people of Israel, and they haven't been able to accomplish it. Some reason they're just they just don't like Jews. And old Hitler, he tried six million, thought that would get rid of it. They're still living. They're still around. They're still around. But anyway, this old feller, this man of sin, this beast, and along with his cohort, the false prophet, is going to try to get rid of the Jews. He, he's going to fail because in their time of trouble, the Lord knows what's going on. Zechariah chapter 14, no, chapter 13 says that he's going to come back. They're going to lose it, uh, Jerusalem again. They're going to be driven into the wilderness, if you will. But God's going to have a place for them. He's going to come and bring deliverance to them. They're going to come forth victorious, and we're coming with him. Amen. I hadn't got my boots on tonight, but I could put them on quick enough to get on a horse, surely. But anyway, we're going to ride on those horses clothed in white linen as well. Notice what Zechariah says in chapter 8 and verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion and, and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Now this has got to take place when he comes, as John said, he's coming back. Coming back to this earth, he's not coming back for Calvary. He's coming back for a, uh, for a throne, if you will. And that's what Zechariah is saying. I am returned unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. That's going to be when it's all over with. That's going to be during the millennium when he establishes his kingdom upon this old world. And we're again going to have a part in that. Thank God. Micah speaks of that day when the kingdom of Christ will be established in the top of the mountains in chapter 4 of Micah, verse 1, beginning. In the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord, mountain here speaking about kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and the top of the kingdoms. It shall be exalted above the hills. People shall flow unto it. Many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways. We will walk in his paths for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. 
I can only imagine. I can only dream. I can only hope for that to be able to be around during that day. Today, there's everything thought about except church and God in this old world. When you think of those that are killing babies today, you think of those that don't know whether they're male or female. You think of those that dress so stupidly and look so ignorantly because they are ignorant. But one of these days, the thought of humanity is, let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go sit before for the master. Let's listen to what he's got to say. He's going to teach us his word, his ways. Oh my, oh my. When that happens, it, the devil won't be around. He's going to be in a bottomless pit. That's why there's a, a desire and a hunger for the word of God. Would that we could witness even in our small community, would that we could witness such a stirring, something that would awaken Medora and realize the Word of God is alive. It's real. God is real. His Word is real. It's going to be fulfilled. Amen. And I want to be a part of that. My neighbors, I want them to be a part of that. Amen. Would that there would be such a hunger that would be stirred among us and we could see people begin to come in to the house of the Lord and, and oh my, they're going to wait too late. He shall judge among many people, rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Isn't that a beautiful word? Amen. To be done away with, an ugly word, to become beautiful, if you will. What's going on in, in Ukraine today? The stupidness of that fellow with the cause of Putin, I mean Putin, uh, that he's doing all of this. But one of these days, Mr. Putin, along with Mr. Lenin and Marx and Gorbachev and all those other idiots and that fellow down there in Venezuela and that crooked fellow in Cuba and all those, they claim there is no God. One of these days, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You're going to wake up one of these fella, one of these days, fella. You're going to wake up. You're going to bow your knees because Paul tells us in Philippians, every knee is going to bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus, every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord. Woo! Zechariah, let me read a little more in Zechariah there in that chapter, verses 4 through 8. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, listen to this. Oh, this is, this is, this is interesting. There shall yet old men and old women, my, that puts in me in that category, and dwell in the streets of Jerusalem. But in that day... I'm not going to be an old man because this is after the rapture. This is after the war and turmoil and Armageddon. This is when he established his kingdom upon this world and righteousness covers the land like the waters cover the sea. That's when he's going to reign king of kings and Lord of lords. And he said, there shall be, there's going to be some old men and old. In other words, life is continuing on as far as this world's concerned. We'll be different because we're glorified. We won't have any aches and pains and we won't be aging, if you will. Won't that be great? Amen. I thought you'd be happy about that. 
you're not old enough yet to think about, I'll be happy when I don't get any older. But anyway, old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, every man with his staff in his hand for very age. And listen to this, listen to this. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Amen. I get so excited to look at all these little fellas over here dancing around and jumping and, and singing and what in my mind. So think about it, folks. Think about it, fellow pilgrim. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes? Amen. Saith the Lord of hosts, thus saith the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. He's not talking about us. He's talking about his people Israel, the descendants of Abraham. And he said, I'm going to save my people out of the east country. Well, I'm not in the east country, but I'm in southern Indiana. And I've already been saved, but he's going to call them out. They're going home. They're going home. I know Jerusalem is going to be, there's going to be chaos, confusion, and trouble, and blood's going to be shed so much in that great valley of Australia. But I know as well that when he comes, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's all going to be redone. Jerusalem is going to be holy again, and these boys and girls are going to play in the streets again. Amen. Revelation 5, verse 8 through 10. When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. That's us. We're redeemed. Uh, redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Woo! Yes. I wonder if I could be Mayor Medora then. <laughs> but anyway, we shall, we shall reign on this. Folks, exciting things are going to happen. We're getting close. Life is going to be different in that great tomorrow. Amen. One time Jesus was questioned about the Sadducees. They were Sadducee because they didn't believe in the resurrection or eternal life. So they were sad. But they came to Jesus and said, here's a man that had a wife. He died before they had any children. So the law said his brother's got to take her up and try to have children. Well, his brother tried and couldn't. He had another brother that tried and couldn't. He finally had seven brothers that took that poor woman, and all of them failed. And so he, they said to Jesus, now which one in the resurrection is she going to be the, the wife of? And Jesus said, I like what he said. He said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, for are as the angels 
of heaven. I don't think we're going to have wings because I don't know that angels have wings. I've never read that anywhere, but if we're going to have wings, that'll be all right. Amen. I know I'm going to have a crown because I read about some crowns in the Bible. Amen. But, in, but anyway, uh, one, God help me. Uh, we will be as the angels of God in heaven. In other words, listen to me now, folks. Please, you husbands, you wives, listen now carefully. Before you get home tonight, tell your wife you love her. Before you get home tonight, tell your husband you love him. Tell him tomorrow you love her. You love him. You love her. You might be good to buy her a dozen roses once in a while. Might be good you cooked him what he likes. Chicken and dumplings. Or whatever. My point is, my point is, we are blessed as human beings. You have a wife, you have a husband, you have children. We are blessed. Amen. We are blessed. But somehow, some way, when, when we're through, when the church is finished, we've ran our last mile, and we've been caught up to meet the Lord in the air, it's going to be different up there. Yeah. Right. It's going to be different up there. Right. It won't be husband and wife, and wife and husband. That's why I'm telling you now, love them. Love one another. Appreciate one another. And, and, and tell, I know it might shock them, but tell them anyway. You love them. <laughs> but anyway, my, my point is, it's going to be, I don't know how to explain it uh, because, well, John didn't explain it except to say, and Jesus said, it's going to be, we're just going to be like angels up there. I don't know how it's going to be, but tomorrow is going to be, an experience of eternal glory. Isaiah speaks of that. Oh my, I better skip Isaiah. I was going to read 11 verses there. But uh, he said the wolf is going to dwell with the lamb, the leopard's going to lie with the kid, the calf and the young lion, the fatling together. A little child will lead them, the cow and the bear will feed. The young ones will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The sucking child will play on the hole of the ass. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain, in all of my kingdom. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, my, my, listen to this verse. 10 at least. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. Guess who that is? Who's called the root of Jesse and the offspring of Jesse? Jesus. Jesus. In that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. Jesus, who shall stand for an inside of the people and to it the Gentiles will seek in that day. Now, the events that are taking place that we are witnessing, right? it's, it's, it's blows our main, a mind uh, of, of sane thoughts almost when we know what's going on right now. You know, it's a federal law to uh, do what they're doing to our Supreme Court justices, but that feller that's sitting in the Oval Office that doesn't know where he's coming or going, that is not doing a thing about it, but yet it's a federal law, 
that that's against federal law that needs to be persecuted because they don't like the idea that maybe just by chance these chief justices are going to overturn Roe versus Wade, which shouldn't have happened to begin with. Those fellers back then were persuaded somehow anyway. I know of no prophecy. I know of no prophecy that lacks fulfillment that would prevent, if you may put it that way, because the Lord's not going to come until it's time naturally. But I know of no prophecy anywhere that tells me it, this has got to happen first. There are wars and rumors of wars. There, is, there are famines. There are death. There is death and chaos and confusion. Paul tells us, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Un what a description of what we're living in today. Without natural affection. Oh. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Two things that I thought here that I would like to emphasize. Number one, he said, lovers of their own selves. And number two, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Every, every aborted baby, I believe we could say, is screaming out. Screaming out that they, God loves them. They are loved of God. And they're hated by the actions of the abortee as well as the aborter. They don't like, I don't see how they can squeeze a baby and tear it from limb to limb and pull it out with their bloody hands and then go, go buy McDonald's and buy them a burger and eat and go home. One in four women have had an abortion. Only 1.5% of abortions are due to rape and incest. In 2015, approximately 35% of all pregnancies in New York ended in abortion. For African-American women in NYC, in New York City, there are more abortions than there are babies born. In uh, as of 2019, New York abortion law now allows abortion to full term. There are nearly 1 million abortions per year on average, and that's just the ones that are reported. There have been more than 63 million that's six zeros, 63 million innocents that have been aborted and thrown into the trash since Roe versus Wade. Another thing that Paul mentions is it will be in the last days when these things happen. Interesting thing about this expression, perilous times will come. Perilous times will come. This word perilous that's used by Paul is found in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 28. It's speaking about those terrible men in, 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 in the Gadara is what Mark calls it, and it speaks of them as being fierce. In the city, in the, the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce. That's the same word that Paul used for peerless. They're coming out of the tombs, and these poor, wretched, foolish Stupid, 
unlovable. I don't know what other word I need to use. Of the, I understand there's some woman that had some babies attached to her, some tied to her somehow, one of these protest things, and she was taking a knife or something and stabbing that, those, those, those little babies, you know, as if they were babies. That's the attitude of the world we're living. You think it's going to keep on keeping on? No, sir. We're near, nearly. We're getting near, nearly. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. Hold on. Hold on. We've got some here that need the Holy Ghost. We've got some that come to church. They're not ready for the Lord to come. They're not ready for the trumpet to sound. They need the Holy Ghost. It's great you're baptized, but you need the Holy Ghost. That's what seals you to the day of redemption. We've got loved ones out there need to be in this church. They need to be baptized. They need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They need to get in with us. They need to be a part of this gorgeous church, this family, because we're getting ready to get out of here. And all of these things I've been reading about are going to happen, are going to happen, are going to happen. Oh, God, help us. Stand with me. God, help us. We're near. We're getting closer to nearly, nearly. Nearly. Our salvation is its nearly time. It's nearly ready for the trumpet sound. Amen. I'm not, I'm not prophesying. I'm not claiming to know something I don't know. But I read enough of that book to know God's word is going to be fulfilled. Amen. God is coming for his church. Jesus is coming for his church. And everyone that's born again, we're all going up. We're all going up. And that's why I said a while ago, these things we read about in Revelation 8 and as well in other places in Revelation and other places, which it speaks about the, the, the judgment that's going to come, the wrath that's going to be poured out. I don't, I don't plan to be here during that time. I don't think you're going to be here during that time. I don't think the church is going to be here during that time. The Lord doesn't have anything against us that he's going to rebuke us and pour out his wrath upon us. But Israel is going to, going to endure those terrible days and years of trouble. But I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I want to be on his side. Amen. I want to ride one of those horses. I want to come back in victory. I want to come back shouting, hallelujah. Let's go, church. Let's pray, church. Let's be faithful, church. Let's live for God, church. Amen. My, my. I don't know when, but I do believe it could be tonight. Because there's, there's no warnings in the Bible when Jesus speaks about the signs and you're on the mountaintop or on the housetop, rather, don't come down or run to the mountains and so on and so forth. That's not church language. Because when the Lord comes, there's going to be people being baptized in his name. I believe somebody's getting baptized right around in his name. I believe someone's receiving the Holy Ghost right now somewhere, but speaking in tongues. But he's going to come in a moment. The twinkling of eye, we're going to be changed. Oh, God, help us. Don't let the enemy push you down. 
Don't let the enemy get, get you discouraged and frustrated. Don't let the enemy get you mad at something or upset at something, cause you to quit coming to church, quit praying and quit reading your Bible. No, I need him now more than I've ever needed him before. Hallelujah. You want to come and pray with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.